0: Hello, everyone. I'm Joe and TJ, and we are the Schoolhouse 302, and this is our 302 Thoughts podcast, which is a part of our One Thing series, where we really dig into a topic that we're excited about, that we're trying to learn more about, um, and that that this month is, you know, dealing with crisis and how do we approach those things. And TJ, something that's resonated with me as we've dug into this work. And we've taken, you know, the approach with very technical, research-based material in digging into this. And then also, though, we didn't want to neglect um, some of what, you know, a, a common term people use now, like street data, like what's out there, just what we're hearing. And that led me to a lot of motivational speakers, which I've truly enjoyed in my life. But as we're talking about crisis and how leaders should approach this, you know, I'm, you know, just enthralled with Les Brown, the motivational speaker, and something that he talks about in his um, speeches and became very central to his theme, and that's, it's possible. And I know that might even sound cliche, right? You know, now in 2022, it's like, oh, well, of course it's possible. You know, but no, in reality, how many times have we approached situations in education with a degree of uncertainty because we don't know if it really is possible? Why are we still dealing with issues that we can't solve? Is it because in the back of our mind, whether ourselves as leaders, our teams, we're just not sure that we can actually do it? And that's where perception is critical You know, efficacy is critical, um, but I really want us to believe that it is possible that all students can read on grade level, that all students can attend school, that we decrease or eliminate dropout prevention. I'm not exactly sure how we do it, but I think there's just an unbridled faith and approach to solving it, which is why I love Les Brown and someone that really I listen to when I'm trying to approach work and I'm not really sure how we're going to get it done.
1: Yeah, that's um, that's true. And I think it's true for a lot of school leaders that they want proof before we put something in practice. Um, We want proof that there's going to be progress. And that's that proof is not uh, is not there when we're trying to innovate and do things differently. Um, we expect different results, but we typically apply the same thinking that got us to where we are now. And so that's part of it's possible is we actually need to change our minds about the problem. And I know you mentioned crisis before, but just want to tell the audience what we're talking about here are things that aren't just urgent in your day to day that we wouldn't consider to be a crisis. It may feel that way, but it's not. But we're talking about the is the things that are persistent, that are problematic, that are perennial. They occur every year. They're important and they're urgent. Um, And we need to continue to treat them that way. Um, Which is why in our our new book, uh, Seven Mindshifts for School Leaders, we developed the definition of leading with a crisis mindset. And I just want to read that definition for the audience, Joe, because I think more leaders need to apply this type of thinking and change our minds. That's what the book is about, to change our minds, um, to put forth a new application and thinking. And I'm going to give some examples, too, that are going to resonate. But leadership with a crisis mindset is an unfiltered, 360-degree view uh, and approach to solving problems with urgency that abandons conventional wisdom and accepted restraints until a meaningful solution is found implemented and the kicker is sustainable right that it's a sustainable change um we call that leading with a crisis mindset and i think what happens is we apply the same thinking that we've always had to these problems whether it's graduation rates whether it's reading scores whether it's some other problem that your school system faces we apply the same thinking well we're probably not going to change our minds about the problems unless we have new mental models. So in our blog this month, we provided leaders with one, a new mental model for thinking about problems. It's called REPS, Reflect, Evaluate, Plan, and Solidify. And you actually have to do all four of those things in the application of of a new solution to an old problem. And Joe, I think the clearest example, these types of models is a SWOT analysis. Everybody listening should know what that is, or at least go look it up, right? Where we do analysis of our strengths, our weaknesses, our opportunities, and our threats. When you do that, when you use that model on paper, on a whiteboard with your team, you start to see things differently about problems than if all you did was brainstorm and apply the same thinking that that's uh, been applied before. And so we need these models. um, And we're going to do our best job at the schoolhouse302.com to provide you with models. And if you go through our blog posts, there's almost always a model, there's almost always a structure. And it's a way that leaders can lead better and grow faster and apply that, that type of thinking. And I know, Joe, you wanted to talk a little bit more about some of what those problems are and how do we make them too general instead of how we need to dig down into the granular details. Yeah, it's a
0: great point because in the definition TJ that you read, you specifically said in something that we wrestled with in creating this definition and that's abandoning conventional wisdom. We have to abandon our conventional wisdom that often dictates our approach. It's literally the approach sometimes that is wrong. It's how we're thinking about the problem that's wrong. And you know, the, no one's to blame here. I don't want this to sound like, oh, you're not working harder. You're not. Listen, I, I'm dealing with things all the time that I wish we could solve faster and you know, move on from. You know, what happens in in our organizations and in systems itself is that you know the system absorbs problems and can sustain them. It's actually remarkable in some ways that it just becomes a part of every day. And not only does it become part of every day, but we learn to live with that. And that's where we want to step back. And I think making them more real, more tangible is critical. You know, earlier this month, we shared books uh, by John Maxwell. One thing we love about Maxwell is the story. So if you're going to start solving a problem like graduation rates, right, say you're at a good graduation rate of like, say, 93 percent, can you decrease that 7 percent? But put that percentage, put that name on a sheet of paper, a note card, set it in front of the center of the table. And say that is what we got to fix right there. That's unacceptable. It's a weird thing. You know, I haven't read this in some psychology book, um, but it started working for me and my team. We just write it out, it's right there. That's the issue. So it's less abstract, it's less nebulous. It's not some data point on some sheet of paper and some binder on the shelf, it's right there in the center of the table. Staring at us, what are we going to do about it? And I think you just set it there, and people then start having a slightly different relationship with the problem. And then I say, even take that a step further, look back at previous data. Which students didn't graduate? Oh, did we have a relationship with that student? You know, what year did they drop out? Was it ninth grade year? Was it eleventh grade year? Those it was ninth grade year, how could we have forged a relationship sooner? What could we have done? You know what? And I'm not saying that there's always a solution, right? I'm not unrealistic that, you know, students aren't going to make decisions and there might be alternative ways that they get their education down the road. The, the reality, though, is how well do we dig into the problem to solve it? And are, are we fully accepting the issues that are on our doorstep? TJ, that's what I'm thinking. That's what I want to get after.
1: And I think the more real you can make it, the better chance you have at solving it. And I think you bring up a great point about the 93%. A lot of times we'll look at a a number like that and think that it's good or good enough, and it can be much better. And that 7%, it is possible which is where you started it is possible to decrease that seven to six five four getting down to a point where maybe we're graduating hundred percent of our students and that's what's important. That's what matters. And that is the crisis that 7% of our students aren't walking across that stage. Now, we'll say something to the audience here, Joe. I've known you well enough and long enough that you probably did read that in a psychology book somewhere, and you just <laughs> have forgotten the name of that book and that author. But that's OK. When we find out where it came from, we'll give credit to that person, too.
0: And that's why I don't claim it as an original idea anymore, TJ. I'm not even sure they exist in my mind. Um, you know, at this point in my career, which I I will say, though, speaks to the power of digging into work and trying to be curious. Um, But yeah, no doubt, I probably did read it somewhere. It's not an original Joe. That's for sure.
1: There you have it, folks. 302 Thoughts, our thoughts on turning opportunity into crisis and changing your mind as a leader, digging into problems digging into perennial problems that are actually crises in our schools and need to be treated as such. Again, you can check out that new book, Seven Mind Shifts for School Leaders. It's on pre-order. Um, you can find us at schoolhouse 302com where you'll get blog posts, podcasts, books to read, our recommendations for leaders who want to lead better and grow faster. And one more thing before you take off, we have a new course. It's on the site, And it is our candid and compassionate feedback course. People love it and it will help you give better feedback right away. Go to the site, theschoolhouse302.com and get the course. All right, folks. See you next time. And now a word from our sponsors. Hey, Joe, you know what leaders need these days?
0: What's that, TJ?
1: Sleep. A good night's rest, self-care. We've heard it over and over and over again from our guests on the podcast that you can't pour from an empty cup. Leaders need sleep. One of the number one ways you can replenish yourself and lead better is a good night's sleep.
0: I hear you, but you know what? I'm so tired. I don't even like thinking about, you know, getting a good night's sleep. But, you know, do tell. How do we go about getting better sleep?
1: Well, I think that's part of your problem is you need a better bed. It always starts with the bed. That's why we recommend GhostBed, our sponsor. With 30,000 plus five-star reviews, their patented sleeping and cooling technology gets you to sleep faster and longer than any other bed.
0: That's right. And their handcrafted mattresses come with a hundred and one night at-home sleep trial and a two times the industry standard warranty. They're absolutely certain that their beds will work for you.
1: And with free shipping within 24 hours of your purchase, it's fantastic uh, support from the company. And guess what? Just for being a listener at the Schoolhouse 302, you get 30% off with the use of our code sh302 at checkout. You go to ghostbed.com. You get some sleep so that you can lead better and grow faster. You use sh302 at checkout.
0: Absolutely. And last thing, even if you don't need a bed, you're thinking, wow, I would love to try out ghost bed, but I just bought a bed. Refer someone else for a bed at ghostbed.com. You'll get a hundred bucks for helping someone else get a good night's rest.
1: Wow, that's 30% off with SH302 code at ghostbed.com. A hundred bucks for your referral if you get somebody else a good night's sleep. Better sleep for you, better leadership. Ghostbed.com, you can't beat it. Ghostbed.com.